All right, so we, we've never done a live, well, they're always, we're always alive when we do the podcast. <laughs> but uh, we've never done, this is the first time we've done it in front of an actual audience that isn't just like a couple of people we know. Uh, so yes, uh, here at the Marshall Food Podcast Roundtables, uh, doing tangential convergence, and we have a guest who's one of our biggest boosters uh, and uh, someone who keeps threatening to try to be on the show, and we've been threatening to have him on since 2008. <laughs> Tom Merritt's here, which is great. Um, I thought, and we'll, you know, we won't do a, the regular 48-minute yeah. thing right now, because that would be fair yeah. to others. But I, I don't know, you guys, the biggest thing to me in the last couple of days is the fact that, first of all, history's been rewritten, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it, revolutionary troops during the, the American War of Independence actually took airports, well, which is amazing. The rampart's in here. The yeah. in here. So the war lasted for about 50 years <laughs> and involved technology from a century and a half later. So, yeah. Yeah. That's why that's why the Americans won. It's because they had they had time Superior air power. Yeah. Uh, the Hessian Spitzers were <laughs> yeah. definitely yes. integral. Yes, exactly. And uh, yeah, that's right. The, the, you know, the Sixth Fleet struck the uh, <laughs> yeah. the British Navy sitting outside that's right. New York. The, the, the British couldn't get their, their, their Harrier jump jets there in time. That's Harrier true. jump yeah, jets. Aircraft carriers weren't just guys carrying. Carry, carrying. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> Wilbur, Orville and Wilbur like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So the other thing besides that, which is just bizarre, that whole flub, I was thinking about milk because the idea of the military parade mm -hmm. throughout history, right, and the triumphal... Which has never been part of the Fourth of July thing, right? Right? Well, well, I don't know if it never. Yeah, but certainly not for a long, long time. It's it certainly. I mean, it's, I looked at this because I, I have a friend uh, in Washington who was a historian of uh, Washington D.C. And so you see on Twitter a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, we don't usually have tanks and stuff parked on the mall and that." And of course, there are historical photos of like an M2 tank out in in between the two world wars. So. To me, I'm not American, but it seems to me that uh, it's it, the parades are almost, in a sense, like the, the ebb and flow of the use of things like the Pledge of Allegiance, right? The, right. The, the flag, the, how much veneration there is for the flag, which seems to, from time to time, you know, at one point, everyone didn't say the Pledge of Allegiance all the time, and then they did, and now everyone thinks that always people stood up and said the Pledge of Allegiance every yes. day at school and things like that, and the parades sort of, I think in, the, in, in certain parts of, uh, at least in American history, there's sort of isolationist tendency, pacifist, more pacifist tendency, and those parades kind of go away. Like, when World War II broke out, George Marshall, sort of the architect of the American army, he was still going to the war office in a suit. He wasn't wearing his uniform. Yes. The senior officers were instructed to go to work in their suits because they didn't want to look like uh, America was building up its armed forces. Mm -hmm. Like Roosevelt didn't want to alarm anyone, even yeah. though he kind of knew they were going to have to. <laughs> even though they it's too busy to the press. That's right. There's no alarm anybody. I actually saw a clip of Marshall. I was tripping across. I called the George C. Marshall Foundation, and they they'll put up videos. And there's a part where he seems like soft pedaling that. He's saying, "Well, you know, we're just being ready." And 
they're going right back home and don't worry about it. It's just a precaution. Right. It's not really mobilization. <laughs> Hitler, Schmittler, it's not going to be that big a deal. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But what's weird is the personalization yes. of this parade and salute <laughs> to the troops and the whole yeah. thing. I oh. don't think there's ever been a president who's gone or there before. Yeah. yeah. Not since we had Sherman tanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Brand new Sherman tanks. Yeah, that was, cool yeah. One. That was also great, the idea that they'll be, they'll be brand new Sherman tanks. Really? And brand new M1 Abrams battle tanks, which of course they don't actually make. Yeah. Well, the nostalgia brands are huge. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like, a, it's like a hipster tank. <laughs> so it's like one of those. Uh, I'm tanking it ironically. That's right. Well, it's like what do they call it? The, the brands get abandoned, you know? And you buy up like Panasonic or something. Ghost brands. Ghost brands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to start restart uh, Republic Aircraft. And just start making P-47s again. You can YouTube can own your own <laughs> gigantic World War II fighter bomber. YouTube can own a YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that, there you go. And I think about this immediately got me to thinking about mentioning is is Starfleet uh, the military? Well, yeah, yeah, that's the real answer, right? Yeah, because it is definitely the military, but it's like what you were saying about actual history. Yeah. During periods of the show, it yeah. emphasizes its military. Yeah, we're peacekeeping force. We're a scientific mission. Exploratory force or yeah. something like that. Or we're diplomatic, like with Picard, it's more like we're just international yeah. or intergalactic diplomats going from place to place. We're the Kofi Annan of space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's where the U.S. I was thinking more Boutros, Boutros, Cali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was thinking we're about, about of the, you know, Jack and I were talking to Stephanie over there in the crowd earlier, and we were talking about this parade thing, and it's sort of timely, topical, and terrifying. <laughs> yes. Which is probably not a bad title. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Take that into consideration. But, uh. Tom didn't make that list, really. <laughs> and Tom. <laughs> and Tom. Yes, that's uh, good. The four T's. It's Tom Lee. It's Tom Lee. <laughs> but, uh, so, like in science fiction or even fantasy, you know, the idea of a parade, a procession is sometimes used as a mark of hubris, sometimes it's triumphalism, just like the real world. Right. And, and it can cut, it can also cut both ways, right? Like it can be undermining when it's used, and sometimes it can be just stupid. So mm -hmm. in The Force Awakens, you have every First Order trooper out front in standing on parade, yes. da -da -da, and they're firing giant space lasers. Now you can't stand on the deck of a battleship when they fire the guns, and they'll be hulked and yeah. blown off the deck. That's right. So I don't know what firing a gigantic planet-sized laser does to everyone standing on the surface when you fire the dampers. But it's sort of like, it's all, oh my god, they look so impressive, and the red and the black, and oh, you know, they're using all these power colors and, and thematic elements, and it's like, you guys, that's dumb. Like, that's just straight up dumb. Because like, lasers don't have no, but you think we just burn off the atmosphere. We <laughs> just take the heat. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, it shouldn't be able to go across the entire galaxy. Yeah. But I know I can understand why the U.S. military or some elements of it would have been uh, reluctant to do some kind of extra special giant-sized parade because there is a, a fine line between sort of celebrating and triumphalism, which yes. is sort of a mark of something 
decaying, right? It's trying to pop yeah. itself out up through an external show. Yes. Military parades, I think, are always sending some kind of message. Absolutely. Uh, I guess on the on the positive end, it could be, hey, look, we're a real nation. Yeah. Like, oh, we have we actually have come of age. Look yeah. what we can do, sort of thing. But more often, I think it's trying to signal to the populace or an enemy how strong you are so don't you know don't object to what we do i think there's also a bit of like hey if you're on our side you can feel powerful with us but it, it's definitely compensable yeah it's never yeah. if you have the strength you don't need to do the work no no and i think that's intention yeah yes I think in an earlier period, so I, I went and just checked in. There's uh, he read Philip K. Massey's Dreadnought or Castle Fire and stuff like that, or Barbara Tuckman's Proud Tower. He talks about a, a lot of great vignette sort of scenes with uh, Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee. So right. There's a huge naval review at Spithead, but 300 capital ships there, 50 of them are battleships. And they're all, and uh, you know, the nations of the world send their best ships. And, and Yes. It comes off weird. It's like how we don't all, you know, dress in three-piece suits and stuff and go to work and wear clothes yeah, right. and like, yes. like it's we're not like that anymore. Yeah. So it just, but it's interesting too. Like you'll get a contempt. It gets, it gets used from time to time. I think in Lord of the Rings, when Aragorn comes to finally be king, he won't enter until Sauron's defeated. He's invited into the city to become the king of Gondor, and there is right. a procession, and that's more like used as the you know the, the parade procession as a healing thing. Right, like, things have been fixed. It's not a show of force. No, it's a show of unity yeah. and a new yeah. era kind of thing. When you talk about parade, military parades having a message to them, I remember during the Cold War, you would always see these. When the, when, when the soldiers were going to pray, the next day, if you followed things military and subscribed to proceedings as, as, a, as a teenager, like an idiot like I did, uh, you would get these really detailed things from Soviet apologists saying uh -huh. things like, that's an armor personnel carrier we've never seen before. Yeah. Oh, you see that antenna on that one? So they were actually sending a message to the West and to the military establishment of the West, right? Saying, look what we got. Like, we're not going to say anything. Because nobody believed, you know, rightfully so, rarely would people believe what was said 
by Soviet leaders. You know, we will bury you. Nah, it's not true. Uh, but they could send a message to the, the military and the intelligence apparatus around the world. Like I said, by having like a, a, an extra weapon panel on a BNP military uh, urban transport carrier. Uh, so things like that. And I, I mean, France has military brains, but they still can. That's where yeah, that's right here, right? That's true, because right, he saw it at the, at the Bastille Day yeah. celebration, right? That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's right. And that's, I, I, that's interesting, because when you talk about Queen Victoria, I was like, well, Queen Victoria historically was always trying to justify her reign, so it would make sense in that aspect, too. Yes. Uh, but why France does it continually, that's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. Is it just become tradition and it's inertia at that point? Like, you just always do it? I just don't know. Yeah. It's a good question, is how much of it is that? post-Second World War Gaulism mm -hmm. to sort of kind of carry us part of the Gaul part of the Gaul shtick is like if we act like we're strong then the world will perceive us to be strong right. so like when the free French were created they had nothing except him saying yes. no we're a legitimate ally and refusing to do things yeah, that they got yeah. his way so there's a little I think there's a little element of uh, maintenance of uh, national self-image yeah. as well. They're kind of like, the, what do they call it, the Maclev in Star Trek? Make us strong, Jordy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> not quite, but I mean, I can't think of other, other democracies as a rule don't do these things very often. I mean, we have military parades, but they're, they're when they're on Remembrance Day and they're veterans, mm -hmm. and then you will see current guys, but it's somber. It's not like everybody going, whoa! I mean, oh man, war is horrible. Growing up, we always had a you know like a homecoming parade for high school, sure. and we have like the Bon the Bon County Fair parade. Yes, uh, and there would always be the veterans of Fort Worth. The VFW yes. would yeah. march, yeah. but they weren't carrying guns. <laughs> they were they were sort of in uniform from their era sometimes. Right, even sometimes they were just in jeans and sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was more like you say, for remembrance. Yeah, it's sort of like the Grand Army of the Republic until they all got to Yes. The premise is that they won the war, haven't been Cylons in 50 years, 
let's bring the troops home, let's, we're all safe and good. There's a celebratory moment, and right on that celebratory moment, it's like, boom, every planet gets new, the fleet is completely deactivated by stupid Baltar's uh, defense program. But by Baltar's, you know, and it's just like, it, I hate calling it, it's not like the movie Battleship, but it's just so grossly stupid. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we got this World War II era battleship, and it's like not all wired together, and doesn't have any AI, so it can't be infected, and all yes. the systems are, are yeah. chopped up. And it was, wow. Also, it's also sort of a, like, it's also sort of like, oh, the good old days when like machines didn't run everything. Like, you, the machines had their place, and it wasn't... The machines knew their place. They knew their place, and it wasn't, you know, a button. That's, that's right. Well, like, so, like, with the big buttons and knobs and stuff, it doesn't do anything. I also, the thing is, about that show, because this is the one I just did a rewatch of that show, and we counted the number of times Adama said, do your job, and it's yeah. 47 in the whole series. Uh, and one of the things that always strikes me is whatever the Cylons go into this whole poor Cylon routine. But you were really mean to us. No one ever comes back with genocide. Did you do the genocide? Did you kill 12 billion people with the nuclear weapons? Wait, no one says that. They go, yeah, we're pretty awful. You're right. <laughs> oh man, humans are so self-reflective. Uh, but they, yeah, they, we, were they, we were mean to them before the genocide. That's why. Oh, okay. So totally justified. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have started the war with humans. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And in the original series, if you remember the pilot episode, it's it's so over the top attacking the idea of sort of Cold War peace a Cold War peace movement. Like it's clearly aimed at that. You see people, yay, and there's all these signs that say peace, and there's this big garden and the signs going they come in and they attack. And that's clearly aimed at that. Even and I was I will say that even though nothing on that show at that time, when I was like 12 or 13 years old, fit with the way I believed about the world, I watched this space and explosions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. no, you know? yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, the very had a turbo button. Yeah, the right. turbo button yeah, is right. the greatest thing, right? And there's that other button that sometimes you push and it turns your whole suit white and you travel through time. <laughs> right? That's, is that the only time that button gets pushed? Yeah, and it just says I am. I always thought it was for instant messaging. Right. Instead <laughs> of just using the old MSN messenger. And it's like uh, Did you ever notice though, like, part of Babylon 5 is with uh, Mondalo, Mondalo. Malari's people? Yeah. Um, that yeah, the, and that's but that's their thing, right? They're a decayed empire. Yes. Trying to hold on to things. Yes. And like their their outward garb is very sort of 19th century. Yes. And what a diplomat would wear. Uh, yeah. Perception with tails and all their medals and stuff, or their, their ribbons for their medals. Yes. And the whole thing is like it's all a show. It's all, it's all oh, yeah. show because they're, what they were is not what they are now, but they're, they're using these outward signs as a way to at least maintain in their own mind that they're still on equal terms with all these others, including yes. uh, the Narns who were formerly slaves. That's right. Yeah. So there was actually, I just watched an episode the other day where Mondo tells a joke. He said, how many Sentai does it take to screw the light bulb? And I don't know, is it just one? But in the glorious days of the old republic, thousands of light bulbs will be changed by thousands of servants. Wonderful moment. Love that show. I love that show. Let's see how we doing for time here. Well, maybe we should maybe wrap it up and give some other people some time to talk. But thank sure, you, Tom, yeah, so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And it's, uh, this has been a real pleasure. And that is that.